Today, we have a fun giveaway that's happening. We've got um, a pair of freshly picked baby mocks that we're giving away to the first caller. So call in at 347-677-1963. And I'm here to answer your parenting questions live. So make sure you tune in to the live show, all of it. And I'll be answering your questions. I'm going to see if I can get my internet connection a little bit stronger here on my Facebook live broadcast. It's showing me it's a little bit weak, so thanks while I make sure that I'm connected with the right server here on my phone. And here we go. That should make a big difference. So we're going to start today's show, as we always do, with a success story. And the success story came in from a mom who's a homeschooling mom. All right, here we go. Reconnected. Got new interconnect connection. We're going live. We're live on Facebook as I speak. The um, success story came in from a homeschooling mom, and she writes, Carol, I'm a type 2 homeschooling mother of six with all energy types expressed in my kids. My lower energy kids are recharged by being at home, while my higher energy kids are recharged by being out and about. In my attempt to accommodate everyone, I stumbled upon an amazing thing I found that we can do all together that recharges everyone. Spending time in nature. You often talk about the four types being expressed in nature. So it's no wonder everyone in our family can find a connection and a renewal in the outdoors. The type two sit and draw in their nature journal. My type four looks at the things with her pocket microscope. My type three climbs a tree or to the top of the biggest rock while the type ones throw rocks into the river and laugh at them splashing. Thank you for helping me find more harmony in my family. And thank you for your success story. I love that you've picked on the fact that nature provides all four energy types and balance. You can learn more about that in my book. It's just my nature. We're talking about human nature, that's the book that I relate the four types to the world of nature. And you get to see that that's a space that we have no judgment that we just experience it with gratitude. And then I love that you recognize that the recharging factor that your type two children need to go inward and your type four children need reflection time. And so, and time to focus and zero in on things so that the type, their lower movements require a different recharge environment and the higher movement children, type one and three, require more out and about to recharge them and extrovert energy. So good work for you, Mom. Congratulations on that. The topic for today's podcast is, are you making motherhood motherhood harder than it needs to be? And it's interesting because I thought about this and I thought about changing the title to, are you making parenthood harder than it needs to be? And I think classically across the board, women tend to make the role of parenting as mothers harder than men tend to make the role of parenting as fathers more difficult than it needs to be. And we have an emotional connection with our, just our feminine nature has a more emotional component in the mix of being a parent. So I'm going to talk specifically to mothers in this podcast that uh, we tend to make things harder than they need to be. Now, let's look at what I 
as I observe humanity and I observe what we do with our roles, I always take into account the bigger, where does this come from? Why are we doing this? What's setting us up? And so in this process of making motherhood harder than it needs to be, the first thing that we need to look at is the standards of what a good mother is. See, we all have a standard because if we didn't have the standard, we'd just wake up, be in the role, and there would not be some sense of hard or easy. We'd just go with the flow, allow life to, you know, we have these acquired uh, learnings. We have, you know, the, what does it look like? We have standards of measurement. What are your standards of measurement? Where did they come from? And a lot, most, a lot of them are inherited. They're inherited from your mother, who was your role model, you're, they are inherited by your family culture. They're overlaid on us by religious culture and culture at large. And so you now, if you look at this, step back and go, and type four moms are very good at stepping back and looking at the bigger picture. But look at, if motherhood feels hard, most likely there's a standard that you're comparing yourself with that you believe you don't measure up with that will then say, I'm having a hard time. Now, if the stand, once you identify these standards, let's just say, let's pick one, an example, that a good mother has their children make their beds every morning, okay? Like, that's your standard. That a good mother has her children involved. See, a lot of it's about our doings. It's a lot about what we do in the role of motherhood and what our children are doing and then we use them as a standard of measurement, too. How well are they responding? If they're not responding how we think they should, then we are having a hard time. And so observing that standard, pick the things that you're struggling with. If you were to say, I'm having a hard time being a mom because of, fill in the blank, what is it you think is a hard time? Identify the hard time. Now look at it through a lens of, well, what's the standard I'd set for myself? Then the third question to ask is, where did that come from? Did I even create it? Or did I inherit that? And then, do I believe it? Is it acceptable for me? Is it acceptable for my energy type? Is it acceptable for my own personal values? Is it acceptable and aligned with what I want it to create in my family system? So you want to look at those standards and create healthy new ones that are yours. And so then the second thing that sets us up to create motherhood being a hard time is our perception of ourselves based on those standards. How are we doing? Are we succeeding? Are we failing? And the third one is the self-talk that's perpetuated based on those perceptions that relate to the standards. Because if you now are operating by standards, you've not even qualified and clarified to be your own and you have a perception that you're failing and it's hard to meet them, then your self-talk's going to be very negative. It's, you're going to be beating yourself up. I'm not good enough. This is hard. I can't do it. You know, it's exhausting. You'll speak it. You'll think it. You'll think it, then speak it, actually. You'll even refer to, I'm having such a hard time with this child. Motherhood is hard because. Well, again, trace that all back to the standard, the standard of measurement you've created to even qualify if, you know, that you should be measuring. And so let's correct that. So let's create some healthy standards. First of all, I'd recommend that you make being a good mother your, your 
number one priority in your standard being the beingness of you. Are you patient when patience is called upon? Are you a good listener when listening is the correct role to play with your child? Are you observant of their energy types and parenting strategies that are not effective, and are you switching them to parenting strategies that are effective? Are effective? Are you willing to be prompted and inspired in the moment and receive intuition? Are you willing to be pliable, led by the spirit? You know, that's the beingness of motherhood versus the doing. Now, the doing has its place, but I believe it's second to your being. Because, of course, you want some order and sustainability and predictability in the function of your home that your children can depend on an environment where things have order, there's expectations that are reasonable, there's follow-through, there's, you know, I understand how to succeed in this environment true to my type. Your child should be able to have a, a sense of well-being in their own home, that they're free to be themselves and they know what's expect, expected, that's appropriately designed to support their personal development to be a successful human being. Because, you know, back to the my child needs to make their bed every day, one of my most listened to podcasts is, is your child's clean room messing up their life? Because maybe that's not a standard that every type of child can operate within successfully. And is that what you really want to be praising them for? See, so there's some evaluation there to say what are the correct protocols in the doings of my role as a mother. So start with being, then have appropriate doings and make sure that you're raising a family. I have a blog post on that uh, where many, many women get involved in managing a household rather than raising a family. And I talk about that, how to raise a family rather than just manage a household. And so live true to your nature, the number one. How do you be a good mother? Live true to your nature first. And if you don't know your energy type, you can find the link in the copy after the show and then be present in your body. A lot of moms are pulled out of their bodies, their energy is ahead of them. Uh, very rarely is it behind you. You're just, your energy's out in front of you preparing for what's next. And you're not present. And you're not, your children notice that. They may not notice it consciously, but subconsciously they know my mother's not present. She's on to the next thing. Even, you know, every type of mother does this. This is not exclusive to type 1s and 3s and higher movement moms. Every type does this. We get so connected with what's ahead of us. I just posted over the weekend my daily energy routine. You can find it right here on Facebook. Uh, we'll feature it on my website in the near future as well. It's been very popular. It pulls you into your body, gets you present, and you need little tricks, and I am teaching you those all the time to get present, be in the now. And then learning your children's energy type is the third being um, attribute that you really get them and you, you parent from a place of under, personal understanding of them and you lead with that intuitive, being pliable to the spirit, being pliable to the guidance of the spirit. Now, this goes for mothers of children of all ages. You're always a mother. You've had children. Your children may need you more now if they are 20 and up than they've ever needed you in your life, not telling them what to do, but being there for them, being present, being that person that believes in them. Even if there's not a tight relationship, you can be with your children without physically being with them. That's really the power of prayer. So for now, we've got some great questions. I'm going to give a pair of freshly picked moccasins to my first, uh, to a caller. I'm going to let my 
my uh, producer make that choice of who's calling in. One lucky caller today will win a pair of freshly picked moccasins. Make sure you check out that photo of my two adorable granddaughters that are wearing their, they're modeling their pair of freshly picked moccasins, and they look cute. They're in a post below this one. And so I'm going to sign off on Facebook, call in and listen to the show, or click on over to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Carol Tuttle, and you can continue listening. My first question is about a type one single mom wondering how to parent her high-energy children in a way that feels correct while she's living with her parents. How do you do that, man, when you're mixed households? That's going to be interesting. So tune in. I'll sign off on Facebook. Everybody, thanks for listening. So to my blog, now that you're this, um, let's go to my, my, uh, see, I'm waiting for, I am on my, the um, switchboard here, and I don't see that we selected a winner yet. So I'll go into my first email question that came in. I will be taking live callers as well today. So thanks for calling in if you need some parenting help. A type one single mom. She says, I'm a type one single mom wondering how to parent my high energy children in a way I feel is correct while living with my parents. I have a five-year-old type three girl and a three-year-old type one boy. They're very disobedient and have a lot of rules to remember and follow at my parents' house. They don't listen to me at all until I'm screaming at them. I even asked my daughter why she never listens. And she said, I want to do what I want to do, mom. Thank you for, and then she says, thank you for my insight. So a couple of things going on here. I want to first refer you to my blog post about um, how I recovered from being a yelling mom. It is one of the most shared posts that I have on the blog um, where I'm honest about how I was a yelling mom and how you can get into this pattern that your children won't listen to you, that you're teaching them to wait till you yell at them. So make sure you read that blog post. Secondly, you say your children are disobedient. Well, Children do not inherently want to be disobedient. See, that's not a character trait we're born with. We don't want to be disobedient. It's not like we strive for being dis. We really want our parents good. We want to be in our parents' good favor. We want their praises. We need them. We emotionally need the validation of our parents to grow into healthy human beings. You know, I wouldn't have a business if every parent had done that previously to all the adults I'm happening ha- helping who were shut down and, and repressed by their parents. So it's interesting that your children want to be diso- want to be obedient, but you believe they're disobedient. So first you got to take that label off them. They're not disobedient by nature. And then I love that your child's staying true to herself. You want to congratulate your daughter that she's not being repressed by your yelling. That is a really great thing. Good for her. She did not get shut down by your yelling. You don't want your children to respond to you because of guilt and fear. You really don't. I was that child. I I made choices based on guilt and fear motives. You don't want that. That's just like sending your child into adult recovery needs. You want your child to say, well, mom, I'm going to do what's true to me. And you go, wow, that is so cool. So what's happening is there's too many rules and guidelines that are not correct for them, that are not congruent with their type, so they cannot be set up for obedience. What is it that they're being asked to do that is not congruent with their age and their higher movement energy that's making it difficult for them to be?
where did she, you know, did she pick that up somehow from, is she mirroring something you believe about yourself? Is she a reflection for an old script you've carried as a female, that you're bad, you're ugly, and you're fat? And so you want to make sure you're clean of that as a, you know, as a mom. And then if she's having a lot of meltdowns, this is a child that's not, you're a type 3 mom with a type 2 8-year-old daughter. I want you to look at that configuration right away. You've not known this about her, you know, at best you may have a few years into this. I'll I'll suspect that it's less than that. You've only known this about your 8-year-old for a small amount of her life. You're a type 3. You're naturally going to have kind of over, just energetically overruled her a lot, meaning you haven't been aware of her need for a sensitive connection. And so she's learned that to get your attention, she has to go big. To get your uh, to, to get you her on your radar, she's got to have an emotional, um, big emotional play. And so you, if you can start practicing connecting with her when things are good, when she's calm, when she's just flowing, and you sit down and you connect with her, you make sure you make a soft physical connection, you tune in, you're present, sit down, stop doing what you're doing, put your arm on hers. Be with her. You're talking 10, you know, 8, 10 minutes at best that you're going to need to do this. Start to connect with her in the peaceful, when she's in a peaceful place. I believe she subconsciously developed this as a strategy to get her type 3 mom's attention. It has nothing to do with her little brother. Um, maybe you have, it appears to her that you're having more fun with him. He keeps up with your pace more. And she's just feeling like, you know, I'm the odd person out here. Uh, My brother easily connects with my mom. She doesn't have any cognitive thinking processes on this. This is just being run subconsciously, and she's just basically trying to get her needs met the best way she can, which is, Mom, notice me. She's yelling at you emotionally to say, Mom, notice me, and do it when I'm feeling good. Don't wait till I have these meltdowns. I'd love for you to put that strategy into um, action to do it. I'm going to say, let's try two to three times a week, and I'd love to hear back from you. Let me know how that goes, because I believe it's going to switch this, and you're going to see a different daughter, because you're starting to meet her needs in a healthy place, in a healthy way. And so... Notice again, when you don't have your um, this knowledge, you will just naturally default to strategies. Make sure you listen to the podcast as well, the five mistakes the type three mom makes. Good chance you're making one or all of them. Not intentionally, by default, but they're mistakes in the fact that they can be damaging to our children just because we're not operating on a level of awareness to prevent them. Let's go back to our phone lines. I've got a caller from 801636. You're live on the show. Hi. Hi. Uh, got ya. My name is Robbie Lean. Um, I have a. Robbie Lean. I did not know how to say that. Now, I want to. First, you're my first caller, and you're the giveaway winner for the Freshly Picked Moccasins. Oh, awesome. Did you even know we were doing that? I did, but I don't have an infant. I bet you have baby gifts. I would love that. 
<laughs> Someone else can be a recipient of your really cool baby gift. <laughs> These things okay, not, sounds good you know. to me. Yeah, you'll be able to share that with somebody. So Awesome. That's good. So what you have an explosive, a type three explosive. Yes. Um child. I just have a I have a daughter who's six years old and she's type three. Um it's just that she's she gets really explosive, which I know is a normal reaction, but it's times when I just absolutely cannot change the situation. Um and so I just well, tell was me, wondering give me, how, give me an example give me an example. Um, okay. when she maybe when she comes home from school then she wants to go in her bedroom but her baby sister is sleeping in the room and so um I tell her she'll have to wait till the baby wakes up and so then so then she gets mad and she screams and throws the fit and says, No, I want to now um or something like that. Okay, okay, what um, you're doing and now I assume you I assume you've read the child whisper, right? Yes. Okay, now in that, I point something out that's really one of the most important insights for a, for a parent of a type 3 child, that mm. you're presenting to her that she's moving forward. She It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with I want to go to my room. See, you're making it about the, ex- the actual event. It's mm-hmm. your response to her. She's saying, this is what I want to do. She, has, she wants to move forward. You're saying no, and you're stopping her. And mm-hmm. that makes us mad because you're like, don't right. stop me. Don't stop my movement. See, so your response, though, look at how you respond. No, mm-hmm. you can't go in there. See, okay. all she's hearing is the no, you can't. No, you mm-hmm. can't. Not even the bedroom or wherever it's at. I bet if you look at most of these, it's the response is no, you can't. And so if my husband will even do this to me, and I'm like, hey, just, hey, let me, should I write it out? Should I script this for you? Because there's a whole other way to say this to me that just does not make me want to push back. Because it's like, you're stopping me? I'm going to push back. And this is a six-year-old that cannot be expected. If you start reasoning with her at that point, which is most Mm. likely what you're doing as a type 4 mom, you're going, let's reason with you. Well, that makes us want to pull, you know, ah, run from the room. I don't stop. <laughs> stop reasoning with me. I don't care. You know. So you're trying yeah. to change behavior that really I don't think should be changed. So there's two things. First, different response. Um, what yes. else would you like to be? do? Where else can we do? Okay, you can have this choice or this choice. Which one? Rather than no, okay. you can't do that. Say, well, you can go downstairs and do this, or you can go here and do that. Which one do you want to do? See, the door's still open. Mm-hmm. The door is open. You're like, move forward. Mm-hmm. Which one? Pick one. There's no okay. stopping and sometimes that. I, Yeah, sometimes I you think get I that, still though. get the same. There's no stopping. Yeah. Right. I understand that. Okay. Then, um, again, she's six years old, a type 3 child. They cannot reason. It's putting her in a really... Like, oh, I just got to get out of this position because I don't, you know, it's overwhelming because they're not intellectually based first. See, there will come a time you can sit down with your type three child and reason about some things, but not a six-year-old. It's just you're setting her up to just get more dramatic, more into her physical kind of overload outlet. So just now, okay, I'm starting to reason it doesn't work with my six-year-old type three child. 
new strategy. Okay, you can do this or this. Make a choice. Real quick, or okay. I'll pick for you. I'll pick for you. And I go, okay, because they don't want that choice taken away. <laughs> and you just stay firm. You just go, make a choice. And then okay. you can ask her to give, come up with some different options when she gets home. You know, when, a, when, she's, in, when she's flooded, it's not a good time to reason with any human being. I don't care what type they are. When we've got emotion running, we just aren't, our brains aren't working to be able to reason. So make sure that you cr- create some variables for her that she's already agreed to. Like, okay, when you come home, we're going to have, let's think of four things you could do. Because sleeping and going to your room is not an option because you, your your siblings asleep. So right. see, you can set it up so this can be successful. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Good luck. Let us know how. Let me know how that works for you. I appreciate you calling in and congratulations on winning the freshly picked moccasins. Somebody will love getting those as a baby gift. Uh, my next caller, Kay. Are you? Hey, welcome to the Hello. show. You're a type Hi. two. Yes. And we've got a lot of yeah, questions I'm... about type three kids today. You have a four year old type three. She's a four three, actually. Okay, so her dominance of four was a secondary yes, three. Yes, secondary three. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. So my question is like, she's getting to a stage now where she's four years old or we're learning new things and she's having to learn new things and she's just having a really hard time with it not being perfect and perfect right now. I think her secondary three wants okay. to be give, right now. Give me an know? example of that. She's so, four years old. Give me an example. Yeah. So I have a couple of different ones, but the, the first one that I can think of is um, like, she's like, she's learning how, to ride a scooter and we're outside riding the scooter and she sees other kids riding the scooter but then it's her turn to ride it and it doesn't go perfectly she can't get on and just ride it exactly how they can right and so I try to teach her you know try to like show her how to do it but it's like done like if she can't do it perfectly the first time she's just screaming and throwing it and like the patience is gone so how do I teach her that like because, I mean, in life, and as she moves forward, like, things aren't going to be perfect. And for her as a type 4, well, she wants so badly for it to be perfect, you know? Well, make sure she's involved. Then, Does she have any situations where she can achieve that more perfecting quality more quickly so there is some satisfaction with that? Where a scooter mm-hmm. is just a mm-hmm. learned physical skill that that's acquired. Yeah. But what are things yeah. that she can hit that mark sooner? Uh, and let get her let make sure she has mm-hmm. some of those those incorporated into her experience so she can get some mm-hmm. satisfaction mm-hmm. from that that yeah. tendency that she would like to at least have a few things in her life she can say like making her bed was yeah. just like an easy one you know wow you do that mm-hmm. so perfectly mm-hmm. but now it's yeah. a scooter yeah. you perfect you're you're you know that's acquiring and this is something I speak to type for adults a lot the process of you can become perfect at learning something, and this is something that require, requires learning and, and development. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure time. that you are, yeah, and that she is invested in things that have a preference for her. You know, riding a scooter, may or, that's not a required childhood experience. Yeah. Does she want to ride so a like, bike that rather or over yeah, a scooter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like at school, she's supposed to learn. 
Yeah, like at school today, she's learning how to draw a straight line, for example, and she had a really big outbreak with her teacher and just, like, chucked the pencil at her teacher and just started screaming bloody murder. Well, I, I start <laughs> like, to wonder about what that anger is really about because that's a yeah, – anytime a yeah. child has an outburst that's extreme for mm-hmm. the situation, there's something deeper mm-hmm. going on. It's not okay. about that straight line. It's like, why yeah. is she blowing her fuse so fast? And I'd ask yeah. – you know, if this were my situation, I'd pray and ask, show me the deeper issue so I can resolve that because my child mm-hmm. is angry, you know, and, and there could be, is there a yeah. type for parent involved here anywhere? No, or? we're both, we're both very, like my husband is a one, two, and I'm a two, one. So we're both very calm and chill and like, I think maybe okay. a reaction of like, why are you freaking out so bad? You know what I mean? So maybe that's not helping the situation, like. Right, right. To us, we're just like, whoa. I've talked about that many times where I'm like, don't get so emotionally, like, just stay chill about it, you know? Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was extreme. You know, in your mind, that was extreme. Yeah, yes. Stay really yeah. stable in your response. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we try to do. We try not to like, go there with her because then it's just going to get worse. Yeah. 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 Right, right. So. <laughs> yeah, you got, okay. you're getting your own insights, but that anger yeah. She got two things going on. The the really help supporting her in the development of her perfecting nature, understanding okay. there are some things she's just going to have a pre- preference for because she is really capable of perfecting it, and other things just take time. But yeah. let her give yeah. feedback to you in a discerning way to say, "Hey, scooter's just not my thing," you know. I don't yeah. care yeah. about it. So deciding like where where do we need to put the attention or where do we need right. to. And your intuition is going to guide you in that. See, if for that age of a child, mm-hmm. you're going to go, this shouldn't even be something we, we she should be doing. You worry about. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, riding a scooter is not a required child. <laughs> oh, no. For sure. For sure. And I just use that as like an example. I mean, there's other. No, no. I'm saying it's good. Like, it's a good example. Yeah. It's a perfectly good yeah. example because. There's a lot That's of navigating the about. appropriate activities for children mm-hmm. that really support them in success. You know, there's a yeah. lot of variables mm-hmm. in that. Your intuition is mm-hmm. going to be one of your greatest guides as a parent to really get insight. You know, I I remember, mm-hmm. um, and I've written about this, the prayer I said when my children were small was, um, I asked God to please inspire me if they had any talents that were true mm-hmm. to who they were, that I had no mm-hmm connection or experience with I actually they weren't in my world that I would notice them and help them support them in the development of that my oldest daughter's an example of that prayer being answered that she's a very gifted vocalist I have no background in music or any you know she just wasn't my thing mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, things showed up in her life that I paid attention I was too inspired I was guided by the spirit to help get her on that path at the age that it was time and to this day she's you know, she graduated from college with a degree in vocal performance. She's a very gifted singer. And so that's the job of a parent asking for that inspiration to really mm-hmm. be in tune with your child's, what they do in life, the doings of their mm-hmm. life, that you, you really what? set them up for success there. Yes. What words can I use instead of saying, because my instinct is to say it's not perfect. Like, it can't be perfect. But I don't want to say that to her because I know that's so yeah. important to her. So yeah, what in those moments is there a different verbiage I could use? Yeah. If you can't, if I you like can't do it that. right now, I can. No, let's think about it. that's a really this is for adult type for adults as well. 
Um, well, again, I talked earlier in the show about how we create standards. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we measure ourselves according to those standards. And for her, mm-hmm. to, why don't you inquire at that point? Well, what would perfect look like? Yeah. yeah. What do you want? If you don't want this, what yeah. do you want? Then help mm-hmm. her see the in this kind of activity. Well, that's obtainable. You can get there. Yeah. You know, but by, I think you're smart in recognizing that response is kind of like what I said to the other parent on today's show, where it was like that. That's a that takes a child out, like the type th- the parent of type three yeah. kids. No, you can't. To say to mm-hmm. a type four child, it just can't be perfect. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. inquire she's this is a child you can be more reasoning with and say yeah. what would perfect look like mm-hmm. what do okay. you want instead mm-hmm. then you can weigh that and go okay well that's possible but not at this exact instance you can mm-hmm. get there yeah that's possible mm-hmm. do you know what it takes okay. for that for you to perfect this after that what how could you mm-hmm. become per, more perfect at this Mm-hmm. Okay. I would be an interesting conversation with a type four four year old. I'd love to hear about I know. it. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want to see how they respond. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It would be like, whoa, yeah. this is why we call she them the more serious logical. child. <laughs> yes, yes. She lets us know good. for sure. So that'll be a good Oh, that's great. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for calling in. Another question that was emailed into me. Uh, we've got. Another type 2 mom who shares, this is like type 3 child day, interesting, because although the last question was about a type 4 child, um, there's been kind of a little bit of a leaning on needing help with type 3 children. This type 2 mom writes in, I have a beautiful 15-year-old type 3 daughter. She's involved in many activities like track and lacrosse. I try to be encouraging and supportive as a mom. without letting my type 2 perspective on schedules and competition get in her way. The problem is it never seems to be enough. Lately, she's been very dramatic and high maintenance, seeing only the negative in life, and I'm just tired. I find myself tempted to go hide when she's in this sort of mood. I feel like I've tried to give her what she needs in order to be successful, but it's never enough. What should I do? Great question. You're taking on her energy, Mom. You're thinking you have to correct this for her. And one of the unspoken things you're doing is, and kind of unseen things you're doing, is taking on her energy, which is too intense and too heavy for you. And so that's going to wear you out. You've got to keep yourself in your own sensitive energy. Stay grounded in being you. I talked about that earlier in the show. Be present. Be in the now. Don't let this 15-year-old take you out. And so, and again, if she's loud and aggressive, that's not appropriate behavior there's a way to be reasonable as a 15-year-old. This isn't a, you know, she's acting out in a 15-year-old tantrum. But this is when children can be given feedback to say, I'm, so, I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. And when you, um, and I'd like to talk about this behavior, you know, do it when she's in a good place and just say, you know, this, does she know her type? That's going to be my other question. Does she know she's a type three? You're at a disadvantage if she does not know this. So knowing that she has this tendency to overreact and be more passionately emotion that looks like drama, she needs to recognize her tendency for that. And is this appropriate to add that to the family environment? No. And then um, 
there's a chance as a 15-year-old, she's feeling insecure about herself. Is she dressing her truth? Does she understand how to manage her appearance in a way that she looks hot and she feels good about her look? That's a big deal for a 15-year-old type 3 girl. I'd invest in that for her and really enroll her in that to be in charge of her style, her appearance, and to really initiate that confidence in who she is. And so giving you uh, giving you several options here on how to correct this. Um, and, again, setting some boundaries around the behaviors, I think, in, in a way that she feels loved rather than challenged. To support her to, to present it in a favorable way to say, I don't want you to have to feel this, you know, this is, can't be healthy for you. Do it about giving value to her first rather than you're a disruption to the family. You have to stop that, you know, because then we feel bad and get defensive. So enroll her in an affirmative way. I think the biggest one is you're taking on her energy and you can't deal with it successfully then. So check into that. Oh, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. Uh, This week's blog post is the... uh, Blog post is how each type of child responds to co-sleeping, a popular sleeping trend. You can check out that po- that particular blog post and see if that's something that resonates with you. And I talk a lot about the advantages or maybe the complications depending on your child's type. And you can subscribe to the Child Whisper on iTunes. If you click on the link in the copy of this show, you can also go to iTunes to have my weekly podcast sent to you by subscribing. And I would love it if you could please go to iTunes, the um, actual link if you're just listening and you want to get over there, itunes.com forward slash Carol Tuttle. I would love for you to leave a review. That really helps me in my ranking on the iTunes categories charts. And we stay up in the top 50 of kids and family. That seems to be a space we're hanging out in. And reviews really help the show get noticed. So thank you for taking time to leave a review on the iTunes page. And I'd love to see you join me on my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Carol Tuttle, where I do live Carol Tuttle TV broadcasts. I'll be doing one tomorrow. I have a big announcement tomorrow at the time of this show being aired live. We have some new exciting things we're launching tomorrow. We're going to be doing a Carol Tuttle TV live episode where we're going to be doing some fun giveaways and some, it's um, a trivia show. So join me and some of my Dressing Your Truth experts while we're airing live tomorrow. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I believe you are great parents. You're doing a great job because you're listening. You care. And you're invested in this role. So intend that you're going to have a wonderful week. Things are going to only get better because your investment and your intention is there. And that's your new belief. Everything's getting better and better for me and my amazing family. Thanks for being part of the show today. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. 
If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.